for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you that as we approach your word this morning that, that, uh, that you'll speak to our hearts and uh, good things will be accomplished in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Ecclesiastes, the, uh, the first chapter, Ecclesiastes chapter 1. And uh, this being the first message of the new year, you know, some things, there's just some things in my heart the Lord wants, wants me to get over to you. Uh, so we'll title this message, New Things, New Things. Now, everybody likes new things, or most people like new things, I guess. Depends what it is. Uh, one thing I know that people don't like is they don't like change. But you know, sometimes change can be a good thing. Is that right? Um, but anyway, new things. Look here at Ecclesiastes 1 verse 9. Now, have you found Ecclesiastes yet? Have you found it? If you found it, say, I found it. Okay. Look at this, verse 9, chapter 1. That which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Have you ever heard that before? Somebody said, well, there's nothing new. There's just nothing new under the sun. Well, you need to realize that Ecclesiastes was written by Solomon. And of course, at that time in his life, he had seen it all and done it all. Uh, have you ever said, been there, done that? You know, and he'd kind of been there, done that. And uh, uh, he, he had pretty well gotten to a place where, you know, very little, if anything, would surprise him. And, uh, and, but you need to realize that he was in a backslidden condition when he made that statement. What do I mean backslidden? He had gotten away from the Lord. Remember Solomon was the wisest man, the wisest man that had ever lived other than the Lord Jesus, of course. And, uh, and he walked with God and he was a godly king, but the Lord had warned him what would happen if he, if he did certain things. And of course, Solomon didn't ultimately obey God. And remember, as time went on, his heart was drawn away from God. Remember that? How many of you remember that? Do you remember that? And he, and he had backslid and he was serving false gods and honoring false gods. And in this backslidden condition, he makes this statement that there's nothing new under the sun. You need to realize that Ecclesiastes 1 verse 9 is an inspired record of an uninspired utterance. I said it's an inspired record of an uninspired utterance. Did you get what I just said? Did you or not? Did that go over your head or do I, do I need to get down here and say it where you get... It, 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 it's a, an inspired record of an uninspired utterance. How many of you know the Bible records, you know the Bible's inspired by God? All of it, right? But does not the Bible record things that the devil said? Now the devil's not inspired, is he? But he said some things and, and the Bible is inspired, so the Bible records some things that even the devil said. So that would be, an inspired record of a what? Uninspired utterance, right? So there's nothing new under the sun was an inspired record 
And it is an inspired record of an uninspired utterance. And we know this to be true because with God, there are new things under the sun. There are new things under the sun. There are some new things. I'll just give you a quick list. First of all, the Bible says that God's mercies are new every every. Every day, every morning. Let me just read it through to you. We could look all these up, but the book of Lamentation says, um, "Through the Lord, through the Lord's mercies are not uh, we're not consumed." How many of you are glad for His mercy? Because if it wasn't for His mercy, we'd be consumed. Because His pa- compassions fail not, and the Bible goes on to say that His His compassion and His mercy is new every morning. Here's something else that's new. I mean. When Solomon made that statement, that was in the Old Testament. But since the Old Testament, now we have the? New so don't tell me there aren't any new things. I mean, when the new, is that right? And how many of you know the New Testament is established on better promises? Is that right? How many of you know this? That when a sinner gets saved, he, becomes a, he or she becomes a new creation. If anyone is in Christ, the Bible says, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. So there are some new things, aren't there? Here's something else that the Bible talks about that will be new. It's found in the book of Revelation. Just listen to this. John said this by the Spirit of God. He who has an ear, actually the the Lord Jesus gave this to him. So this is Jesus talking. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat and I will give him a white stone and on the stone a new name written, which no man knows except him who receives it. So there are some new things. The Bible tells us that one day we'll be singing a new song. The book of Revelation says they sang a new song. Real loud, say new song. new song. Yeah, new song. Saying you are worthy to take this scroll and to open the seals for you were slain. How many of you are glad Jesus was slain for us and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation and made us kings and priests to our God and will reign on the earth. See, that's a new song that we're going to be singing in the future, you see. Amen. Talking about new things, the Bible says... Also in the book of Revelation, John saw a new heaven and a new earth. So there are some new things, aren't there? And then the book of Revelation goes on to say, at one point, God says, I'll make all things new. So there are some new things, aren't there? There are some new things. So, I, you know, and we could have looked all those scriptures up, but 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 here's here's the thing. What I want to share with you, the thing that, that I think the Lord wants me to center in on with you is uh, is concerning a new attitude a new attitude and and as I share these next scriptures uh, it goes for me I'll put myself at the top of the list but how many of you remember when Jimmy Stewart was sitting there with Mr. Potter do y'all remember that? We just came out of Christmas. George Bailey. How many, have you ever seen A Wonderful Life? Remember when Potter was offering him 20000 a year for the next three years? Something like that. That's a lot of money back then. And, and, and remember, Jimmy Stewart was considering it, and then he just went about to, he was just about to shake hands with Mr. Potter, and then he realized 
what Mr. Potter really was. Remember that? And Jimmy Stewart told him off. Is that right? And then he looked at his bodyguard henchman and he said, that goes for you too. Remember that? And then he went and opened the door and all of Potter's employees. And what did he, what did he say? He said, that goes for you too. Is that right? So what I'm going to share here goes for me. But guess what? It goes for you too. Amen. You know, a new attitude and a change in attitude can make a world of difference. Absolute world of difference. And, uh, you know, Einstein, have you ever heard of Einstein? He gave his definition of insanity. And here's what he said. Do it, he, here's what he said insanity is. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And how does that relate to this message? Having the same old attitude year in and year out, year in and year out, year in and year out, and expecting that one day that will produce different results. That's insanity, isn't it? How many would confess to insanity (laughs) based on that definition? Besides me. The same old attitude, year in, year out, year in, year out, year in, year out, and thinking we're going to get different results. That's insanity. And so I know as I've come out of 2012 and come up here on 2013, you know, all I can tell you is, is I've decided in my heart to have a, a little bit of a change in attitude. Amen. And uh, I think we'll get different results. What do you think? A change in attitude. We have to change some things if we want to get different results and you know, a lot of times we think, well, if, 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 I, if I'll just change this thing I do, then things will be better. Did you know that's not necessarily so? Because I've changed some things that I've done in the natural over the years, but I did it with the same old attitude. And, and, and you can change some things in the natural and maybe get some natural results that are different but still be miserable on the inside. Has anybody ever done that besides me? Huh? And so what I think it's time for me to do, and I think that this would apply to everybody, is to examine yourself and not just change, you know, some natural things, but have a change of heart, a change of attitude. Because you know what, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm 49. I know I don't look it. I look about, about 32. But over these many years, I have come out of one year and gone into the next. And well, I'm going to change this. I'm going to change that. I'm going to change the other natural things. And sometimes I've, I've, I've changed it. How many of you, you've ever changed things for New Year's resolution? You've lasted two weeks or three weeks and then you go back to that old natural activity. Has anybody ever done that besides me? Or you buy a treadmill and you run on it for two weeks and then it just sits there and you start hanging things on it? 
But even though you could run on that thing and run on that thing, how many of you know you can run on that treadmill and you can lose weight and start looking good naturally and still have a bad attitude and be miserable every t- with every step you take? Is that right? I want to talk about the root of some things here today. The root of some things. Because you can, you can change the exterior and still be miserable on the inside. And so that's what I, I just feel like the Lord wants me to get across to you is that, hey, there are some new things under the sun. And one thing that, that we can all do is have a, have a new attitude or a change in attitude. Some of you, your attitudes, I'm sure, are better than others. Some of you probably have better attitudes about life than I do. But at the end of the day, we can always have a change of attitude for the better. Couldn't you say amen to that? Certainly. And now notice here in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, let's turn there. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, look at verse 22. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and verse 22, the apostle Paul writing by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Now this is an inspired record of an inspired utterance. What we're going to read now. Did you get what I just said? This is, this is inspired by God. This is an inspired record of an inspired utterance. And here's what the Holy Spirit has told us to do through the Apostle Paul. He says this, Ephesians 4.22, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the who? The old man, which grows corrupt according to the, deceitf- according to the deceitful lust, and be what? Re... Re-what? Re-what? Renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that would have to do with our attitude, wouldn't it? And the way we think. Our thinking. Renew our thinking. Renew our attitude. Freshen our attitude. Change some, some things about our attitude. And be renewed. This is what God is telling us to do. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Just a change of attitude. You know, a change of attitude can, 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 can help in so many different ways. So many different avenues. And here's what he's saying. He said, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Put off the old man. And put on the new. Look at verse 24. And that you do what? Put on the, the new man. Put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So what is the Bible telling us to do here? Put off the old attitude and put on the new one. And then verse 25, therefore putting away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. And then verse 29, skip to there. Let no... Corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Now, what is he talking about here? He's talking about a changed attitude. Do you know that a change of attitude will cause a change of of your vocabulary? A change of attitude, a change of mind, a change of attitude putting off the old man and putting on that new man and walking in that, the, the, the realities of the new creation that when we became born again, when we repented of our sins and turned away from our old life and, and we received Jesus as our Savior, we become new creations. But even in the midst of that, you can still walk after the old man. 
Put, what does the Bible say? Put the old man off and put the new what? On. Is that right? And when you do that, look at verse 29. No corrupt word will proceed out of your mouth. Now we talk about corrupt words. And I don't know about you, but there was a day when I would have read that scripture right there, verse 29, and right away I would have thought about cussing. How many of you would have ever done that? Cussing. And certainly it means that. But do you know, I think there's something to God that's worse than you cussing like a blue streak. And it's you gossiping. I believe, because I've been, I've been pastor now a long time. And, 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 and I tell you what, I, I'm convinced of this. That God would rather you, he'd rather hear you cuss a blue streak than to talk bad about somebody. Now he don't want you to do either one. Say amen. Amen. <laughs> But with walking with God all these years, you know, and, and, I, and, I, and I stand there right with him. I'd rather hear somebody just absolutely cuss like a drunken sailor than to hear them talk bad about a fellow brother or sister at, or, or, or talk bad about somebody or to spread gossip or to be a tail bearer, backbiter. Did you hear what brother so-and-so said? Do you hear what sister so-and-so did? You know, God just don't, he don't like that. He he does, I'm telling you, he'd rather hear you cuss like a drunken sailor than to gossip and then to backbite. Here's something else. Talking doubt and unbelief. I believe we ought to talk faith. Call things that be not as though they Are. are. Now, people think you're crazy when you do that. I'm talking church people think you're crazy. When symptoms of sickness and disease have hit your body and you're saying, by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. That's right. Amen. Now, I believe in good hospitals, good doctors, good medicines, and we ought to use them and take advantage of them. But I also believe that we ought to have more faith in God than we do in the doctor. That's right. That's right. Or when maybe you've done everything you know to do financially, and uh, uh, old Mother Hubbard's spirit has hit your cupboard. And you declare, he supplies all my need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. People say, yeah, but the cupboard's bare. Well, he'll supply all my need. Faith calls those things that be not as though they were. Is that right? Uh, we're talking about a change in attitude, a change in the way we think. And, and when we make that change, no corrupt word will proceed out of our mouth. Certainly there won't be any cussing, but there won't be any backbiting. There won't be any tail bearing. There, is that right? There won't be doubt and unbelief coming out, but there'll be, there'll be faith and victory coming out of your mouth. Is that right? can make all the difference in the world. You know what, what my motto for this year is going to be and the motto for this ministry from now on is we're doing a good work and we're helping people. That's the motto. 
And I tell you what, if, if you want to know what the Spirit of God is saying for this ministry, then here it is. In this church, we're doing, and I'm not bragging on myself, I'm just saying, we're doing a good work and we're helping people. I said, we're doing a good work and we're helping people. I said, we're doing a good work and we're helping people. I said, we're doing a good work and we're helping people. I said, we're doing a good work and we're helping people. You know, the bulletin we put out last week on the back of it, look at all the people we helped in 2012. We helped a lot of people. We're making a difference on the mission field. We're helping people. We're, 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 we're helping all kinds of people, not only locally, but around the world. This ministry, this church is doing a good work and helping people. And so I want you as your pastor, I want you to get that ingrained in your spirit. I want that to become a part of your thinking as, 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 we, as we walk out this next year and as we go on from here on out, is that what are we doing? We're doing a good work and we're helping people. When somebody calls you on the phone and says, what's going on over there at Summit? We're what? Yeah, and I don't want you to say, well, I don't want to say this, but Pastor Terry's making me say it. <laughs> that just told me you need a change in attitude. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And, it's, and it's true. We're doing a good work and we're what? Helping people. Isn't that what it's all about? We're doing a good work and we're helping people. Glory to God. And so that's that's... What's the Spirit of God telling you for this next year? I just told you, amen. We're what? We're, and we're helping people. Is that right? Glory to God. So, uh, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Have I made clear to you that scripture? But what, but notice, but what is good for necessary edification? So, so if you've got a good attitude about you, when you speak something out of your mouth, it's going to bring edification to somebody. What does edification mean? It's going to build them up. It's going to strengthen them. You see, gossip doesn't do that. Gossip just feeds the dark desires of the flesh. Did you hear me? But I tell you what, you put on the new man and you start telling people, you know, we're doing a... And we're, well, I tell you what, now that won't feed. Did you know the dark desires of the flesh like to hear seedy things? Dark desires of the flesh like it when people fail? Huh? Did you know that's the truth? But that's not good for the use of edifying, is it? But I tell you what, when you start saying, uh, we're what? We're uh, doing a good work and what? Now that won't feed the dark desires of the flesh, but I tell you what, it'll bring edification to somebody with a good and a right heart. Because somebody with a good and a right heart will rejoice when they find out that somebody's doing good and helping people. Amen? You okay? All right. Because see, if you don't do that, now, now notice this, it says, but what is, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart what? Impart grace to the... Hearers, that's, that's, that's how we can know if we've got this good and right attitude. We put on the new man, no corrupt words coming out of our mouth, but that which is good for edification, and it's imparting what? It's imparting grace to the hearers. 
Now, if we don't do this, notice what verse 30 says. It says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Did you know that when we don't speak good words out of our mouth, when we don't have a good attitude, when when these corrupt words come out of our mouth, notice what's happening. It's grieving who? The Holy Spirit. How many of you have ever said something that you shouldn't have said, whatever it may be, besides me? And, and what happened when you said that? On the inside, I, if you're truly born again, I know this happened, but here's what happened. There was like a, oh, it's like a, what is that? That's the spirit of God that's in you being grieved. Did you hear me? That's what that is. That's that's what's going on. Have you ever experienced that besides me? Well, I don't want to grieve him. I don't want to grieve him anymore. Do you? No, 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 no. So let's have a change of attitude. Let's let good words come out of our mouth. And, 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 And I tell you what, the only way good words can continually come out of our mouths is if they're coming out of a good and a right attitude. Because the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Is that right? Then verse 31 says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Well, that's a changed attitude, isn't it? And then he says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Amen. Oh, let's let 2013 be a year of speaking in new tongues. Amen? Now, what do I mean by that? Now, I believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I I believe in speaking in other tongues. Amen? But you know something else I believe in too? There's another application of that. When I say speaking in other tongues, new tongues, I'm talking you get baptized in the Holy Spirit and you speak in in, in a language that, 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 that folks don't understand, but God understands. I believe that. I believe that's still for today. But there's another application of that too, that when we are are born again and filled with the Holy Ghost, empowered by the Holy Ghost, we speak in new tongues. The other application is we stop cussing. We stop lying. We stop backbiting. Amen? So let's let this 2013 be not only a year to speak in other tongues and pray in other tongues, but also be a year where we speak in new tongues, where if we were a cusser, we quit cussing. If we were a gossip, we quit gossip. If we were a tailbearer, we quit tailbearing. If we were somebody calls us on the phone, what's going on over there at Summit? We respond by saying we are doing a good work and we are, amen. Now what's wrong with that? Absolutely, positively nothing. Can you say amen? Amen. You do what you want to, but that's the route I'm going to go. I hope you'll follow me. Amen. Amen. Now then, notice if you would, just a few more things before we close. Romans, I'm sorry, Psalms 51. Psalms 51. Psalms 51. Verse 10. Well, we got a lot of scriptures out of the Old Testament today. I usually stay in the New Testament, but you know what? Um, you can't really have a good understanding of the New Testament until you have a working knowledge of the Old. Is that right? But we live in the New Testament. We spend the majority of our time there. But notice David, he had missed it. He had, he had sinned. He'd committed adultery. 
he uh, had, had uh, Uriah put on the front lines and, and killed. And this was, Uriah was a, a loyal soldier to David and David had him killed and all of that. David did some bad, bad things. And he repented. Isn't it good to know that if we've had, uh, if we've missed it, we can repent? I'm so glad that God has given us that avenue to get back with him. And so David missed it. And so God instructed Nathan, the prophet, to go over and speak to King David. And, 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 and after all that happened, David was broken and he could see that he needed to repent and he needed to ask God to forgive him and he needed to change. And, and I think we can look to him as an example here. Look at Psalm 51, verse 10. What does David say? He says, create in me a clean heart. We could say it this way, create in me a new heart or a new attitude. Create in me a new attitude. Oh God, and, and what? And renew. See, we're talking about new things. Renew a steadfast spirit, a steadfast, renew a steadfast attitude within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. See, that's what happens when we have a changed attitude. The joy of the Lord will come back to us. I said the joy of the Lord will come back to us because I know there's people here that over the years that, that, that your level of joy has gone down. You've lost your level of joy. Well, you're in a good club. I'm in that club too. I've lost my joy over the years, but I tell you what, I'm ready to get it back. How about you? Amen. But the only way we're going to do it is we're going to have to have a change of heart, a change of attitude. And I tell you what, if we'll really take this serious and we'll really do it, I tell you what, the joy of the Lord will come back to us. Amen. You know, something I want to say to you is this, the apostle Paul did a lot of good and right things, didn't he? And he wound up in prison, didn't he? But you know what? He never let prison get in him. How do I know that? Because in the midnight hour, he's singing psalms and praises unto God. Is that right? You know what? This economy has been rotten over the last several years. But you know what? We don't have to let the economy get in us. Can you say amen? Amen. Glory to God. And I, and I, think, I tell you what, there, there, there's a lot of dark things going on in this nation and has been over the last many years. But you know what? We don't have to let that glum and that darkness get in us. And I think that's what's happened to a, a lot of Christians is that these things around us have gotten so dark and so bleak that if you're not watchful, that darkness can get inside you. I tell you what, the Bible, Jesus said, we're the light of the world. Uh, the book of Isaiah said, said, let that light shine upon us. I tell you, what, we, need to, if, we need to have a change of attitude and let that light that's on the inside of us, put that new, turn that light on, bless God, and let's let that light shine in the midst of a dark and perverse generation. But it'll only happen if we all have a tweak and a change in attitude. Did you get what I just said there? Let's don't let the darkness that's going on in this nation get on the inside of us. Could just make us glum and down in the mouth all the time and woe is me. 
No, 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 no. I tell you what, let, 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 let's, let's, let's put off that and let's put the new man on. <laughs> Is that right? Well, I, I, I want that to be what's in all of us as we go through this next year and just on out. And I believe if we'll do this, because sometimes I, I, I have people who come to me and they'll say, Pastor, you got a word, you got a word. And if I don't have a word, I mean, all I can, you know. But, but I have a word here that I want to share with you as I close this message for people that'll do what I've been talking about today. Okay, I believe this is from, from the Lord, what he wanted me to get across to you. For people that'll really take this message today and not just, well, it was just another Sunday, it was just another day and just another, you know, now we're gonna go out and to Steak and Shake or wherever it is. I mean, there's nothing wrong if you do that, but, but I'm talking about if people really will grab a hold of this one here today. What, we're, what are we talking about? We're talking about having a new attitude. A fresh attitude, a new attitude. If you'll grab a hold of this, Leviticus 26.10. Leviticus 26.10. Now, this won't apply to you if this is just going to be another hody hody hum message. And, but if you'll grab a hold of this one, not because I preached it, but, but, but because it's the word of God, notice what will happen. Leviticus 26.10. You shall eat the old harvest... And clear out the old because of the new. In other words, what you study in that scripture is that you'll be eating last year's harvest, but there'll be so much good things going on in your life that you'll have to say, I, I'm this old, why am I eating this old stuff? I got, I got a lot of new stuff coming in, praise God. How many of you are going to grab a hold of that scripture? I tell you what, I'm going to grab a hold of that scripture that I tell you what, that, that even when I'm eating the old, okay, that's all right, but... Because of this changed attitude, the blessings of God will flow. And while we're eating the old, we'll have to push it aside because God has brought in the new. Can anybody say amen? amen. Glory to God. You shall eat the old harvest and clear out the old because of the what? Because of the what? Because of the what? Because of the new. There are some new things under the sun. It's a new harvest, bless God. Praise God forevermore. And if you'll have a change of attitude while you're eating the old, I tell you, the new will come in. It'll be so much better. You'll push that old thing aside and you'll start eating the new. Can anybody say praise God? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yeah, somebody said, yeah, that's the way the old ball bounces. Well, I tell you what, walk with God and he'll get you a new ball. Praise God. That a good deal? I said, walk with God. It's time for us to get a new ball. I've been bouncing that old ball for so long. I'm tired of that old ball. I want a new one, praise God. Oh, there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah, that's an inspired record of an uninspired utterance. There are some new things under the sun. And I tell you what, let's get a hold of God. Let's walk with him. Let's have a change in heart. Let's have a change in attitude. And we won't have to bounce that old ball anymore. We'll be able to start. He'll get us a new one and we start bouncing the new. Glory to God. I know I play tennis. And I tell you what, you hit those tennis balls and you play several sets, those balls will get, will get old. And they lose their bounce. And I know one guy, I used to play tennis with him years ago. Well, there was two fellas. I, there's a lot of them I played with, but there's two of them that I remember specifically. I spit on you, I'm sorry. You okay? <laughs> 
Well, Jesus spit on somebody one time and several times. But the one guy, he had to have the net just the right height. Just right. And I remember he'd come jogging up to Booter Park. I love this guy. And I hadn't seen him in years. But if the net wasn't just right, he wouldn't play. Had to just... And I said, and I, and I love this guy. I said, Jim, but it's only, it's just only just a, just a little bit. Tear, tear, it's got to be right or we're not going to do it. But Jim, it's just, and, well, anyway. Uh, I remember when he, when his shoes, he'd have to tie his shoes. It'd take him 15 minutes to tie one shoe. I'm not, I'm not joking much. And I, I could almost go up to the, to the, to the uh, 7-Eleven and get a soda by the time it came <laughs> ever met anybody he's very meticulous you know but this other guy that I played with uh, he, he was uh, well it's uh, he was an old tight wad did anybody ever meet an old tight wad <laughs> I mean just tight I mean when he walked he'd squeak you know what I'm saying you know <laughs> you know God's not looking for tight wads he's looking for generous people amen but he'd get these tennis balls and, and these things, he, he'd get a new can. I think he got a new can, about one new can, about every six years. <laughs> and, he, and, and, and these balls, I mean, they were so old. And, and he had a suction top that he would, you know, when he, how many of you have ever opened a can of tennis balls? And, and opened a can and the balls are in there. And then when we got done playing, you know, and, and I, I believe in being, you know, in saving and, and, and not waste, wasteful. And, you know, I'll use a new can of tennis balls a couple of times of playing, but then we need to open up a new can. Have you ever opened a new can of tennis balls? Boy, it's a nice sound. But anyway, he, uh, uh, what he did is he had a suction top, top and he put these balls back in that can. He put that suction top on there and he pumped that thing, you know, to keep the, get the air out, you know. And so we'd use, and we'd use the, these, these balls, you know. And so, uh, and, and so, you know, he'd never use any new ones, never use any new ones. And, and at, at last, I mean, you know, you bounce the ball and you hit it. And at last, these balls, you'd bounce it and you'd have to bend way down to hit the thing. You understand what I'm saying? You know what? It's time to get some new ball. You know, it's time to get some, can you say Amen. So, so, you know, why did I share that illustration? Don't have a, don't know. <laughs> That's the way the old ball bounces. Walk with God and he'll get you a new, it's time for a new ball, don't you think? Amen. How many of you like to get a new ball in 2013? One that God provided for you, do away with the old and get the new, amen? Well, stand with me if you would before I tell you another story. Stand quick. Boy, you stood up quick. <laughs> Isn't Jesus wonderful? Heads bowed, eyes closed. Let's close up the service. Praise God. We've had a good time worshiping God today and blessed time and rich, rich time in the word of God, I believe. Praise God. Heads bowed, eyes closed. First of all, if you've never repented of your sins, turned away from your old life is what that means. And given your heart 